Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with Chris. Yo. So we're uh, trying a little different format today since uh, and Chris are uh, in separate places for once. So just want to make sure we get some stuff out there and go over the first couple of games of the blue season. Um, positive, right, Chris? I, I, I mean, do we do we have to do this? Yeah, <laughs> it's positive. That's right. We talked about this last night. Like, hey, we're going to be super positive about this and upbeat. Um, yeah, it's it's a little hard to find some stuff in the first couple of games yeah. to uh, be positive on. We're really bad. Like, we're super bad. I'm yeah. not about it, though. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't been great. Five goals against average the last two games. But it's, uh, yeah, okay. We still got a point out of four so far, so I guess that's good. I mean, hey, we didn't get shut out. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, I begged about. So let's go. The first game of the season, uh, everybody's very excited. Um, uh, a couple of lineup changes. Uh, looks like Edmondson had a mild groin strain. Is not uh, able to go the first game. So Chris Butler steps in, and so your third pairing is uh, Jordan Schmaltz and Chris Butler because Robert Bortuzzo is also serving his one-game suspension or the final part of his suspension. Uh, outside of that, lines are looking like we thought they would. Uh, Kairou gets pushed up on the second line, which is a kind of line I like: Shen, Schwartz, and Kairou. Your fourth line is way different than it normally is. Uh, going with youth and uh, I say speed, I guess more than your traditional grinder fourth line with a uh, Thomas Barbashev and Blay. So that's interesting. Uh, I thought that was the best line on uh, the home opener. Yeah, we didn't say that much. Uh, there wasn't much positive. Uh, let's go into uh, the first game and let's just talk about me and you. Uh, lucky enough to have been in, in attendance to this game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we went to uh, – atmosphere was great outside. I'll say that much. Uh, got to meet up with the guys from game time for a quick tailgate and Mr. Blue's Hat and Brad and all those guys and Jeff uh, Jones. So it was nice to catch up with those guys. Uh, I met up with you a little briefly before we got inside. Uh, mm-hmm. I had no problem with the mobile ticketing thing. I know a lot, I heard it was a quote-unquote cluster F. Well, according to some people, according to some people and apparently security guards, because there, there's people outside kind of trying to direct traffic and stuff. But it seemed like the initial rush was a cluster F, but I waited a good, I would say 20 minutes, 25 minutes outside because I was hanging out. And by the time I got in there, it was, I cruised right in. I had no issues. I had mine saved. So that I seemed for no me problem. wasn't an issue, but I heard a few about issues. So I anyway. had no problem with mine. I know that um, people who I was with, were having problems with um, sending their tickets to other people and their family. And that was a problem. The main problem that I ran into was where I was sitting for the game. We had seats that were supposed to be preloaded with money that you could use for food. And um, none of the uh, service staff that would come to your seats and take your order, none of their scanners worked. Not good. Like, like none of them. Because you're only supposed to have like 25 bucks of food per ticket. And she tried everyone in my row. None of us were able to scan. She brought the manager. None of us were able to scan. So what they told her was, we'll just try to keep a tally of it in your head. Yeah, for that whole section. So yeah. the good news is we got a lot more than we should have. The bad news was uh, it was taking extraordinary longer than normal to um to get stuff delivered to you 
So a lot of people in the club seats were just going down in the concession stands and getting stuff on their own. And when you go to the stands, they were able to scan your tickets and everything was fine. But for whatever reason, the mobile scanners were uh, kaput for game one. I don't know about Saturday. Mm, interesting. So I did think that the arena itself, this is the first time I've been inside since they redid it. Um, I didn't notice that much difference in the walkways as far as like them being wider. Um, I like how the actual arena itself looks. I think it's brighter. I'm glad they got rid of that awful like puke purple color. Yeah, purplish, bluish. Um, it's very white. Yeah. It's very like just black and white. Um, yeah, generic it, colors, basically. It would not surprise me if now the, that arena is just black and white, if you see them try to do like a whiteout game or something like that. Something like that, yeah. The, uh, yeah, because the upper deck is pretty much done so far. They painted some, most of the lower level. The lower level seats are still the same, as I found out. Um, uh, I've not set up. I heard the ones upstairs are, uh, so me and you being uh, bigger men, with uh, a little more uh, equipped for us, so we can sit. Oh, really? That's what I've heard uh, reviews of so far. So that's great. Uh, the ones lower, uh, I was still a little crammed. Uh, down below, with uh, I was about uh, seven rows from behind where uh, where the uh, Winnipeg Jets shot twice. So I got to see all five goals. So it was fantastic. Oh, that's great for you. Yeah. So um. So anyway, experience wise, I thought everything was great. All the all the um, changes that were done in the hallway and the arena looked great so far. I'm really excited when they. Uh, get to do the rest of it next summer, get the rest of the new seats in. I think it's going to look fantastic. Um, I did hear, I think it was her Rutherford's chat. I want to say they have sold a limit. They haven't sold, but most of the seats got ripped out. They're in a massive rush to get these done, get these upgrades done. Cause they only had at the end of the day, like three months, right? Basically to knock this out. So people really wanted to buy their old seats. I know you were one of them. Like eventually you might want to look into buying your old seats once they rip them out. Um, they're apparently in a locked storage container right now. And that uh, the plan is after they rip out the next set, they might sell them or they might not. That's just what uh, Rutherford said. He said, when he talked to the blues about it, they were just in a rush and it would just, it was too much to try to get a, them coordinated to sell them and whatever they were. They were really just ripping them out and throwing them in there as fast as they could pretty much. Wow. So eventually if you want your seats or if you want some seats, those color seats from the arena, uh, from the old, I guess, Keel, Savas, Scott Trade, now and then the Enterprise Center uh, seats. You might get those next season. Who knows? So I know I know some people are asking about that online. So I figured I'd throw that out there. Blue seats. Yeah, I have the arena seats off to my uh, left here. Yeah, I've got think. my yellow arena seats too. Yeah, I might. So uh, I don't know if, if they they won't be cheap like what we got them in the arena when they're like twenty bucks. They're just getting rid of them. They're throwing outside the arena. You just got to pick them. I remember doing that with my dad. Just grabbing them and going. I doubt they'll be like that. Probably be similar to what the Cardinals did and be a little bit more expensive, but who knows? Anyway, back to the game. So the Blues play Winnipeg Jets, uh, much fanfare. Uh, the opening I thought was much fanfare and whatever. I thought the opening video was great. I thought they really yeah. got you going. I thought uh, the Blues media staff and Blues, like in as much as you might say end game entertainment, but when they put like video packages and other stuff together, uh, it's top notch. So the produced pieces I thought were great. Yeah. I'm not so. sure how I feel about the two in-game hosts this year. 
yeah, I'm still feeling it out. So, uh, like I said, first, also was the first game. So I like, we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, the one guy seemed very weird, not weird, but it was just, it came off as odd. I don't know. The guy that I've been referring to is, uh, Tommy Bowtie. Ah, the Bowtie guy. That's it. I, I, I just don't think that his, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's just new and, and he'll, he'll ease it or he'll, you know, get used to the job, but he seemed very not hockey and like, like he had no idea what was going on. Like he didn't really, he was like basically there to get a paycheck. Yeah. Who like he, knows? His energy level didn't really fit for me. Gotcha. Yeah. He's only on, I think I caught him once or maybe twice that day. Cause I was in the lobby for the other time. So, yeah. The new uh, girl I thought was fine. She's, she's fine. I like her. She's a, a little too, like, I don't want to say chatty because there's a word that I'm looking for. But, like, when they were doing, on opening night, when they were doing the races between yeah. the second and third period, she kept trying to fill time, like, fill the dead space. Yeah, the dead air or whatever. I got gotcha. you. It, it came off really goofy. Um. Mm-hmm. The other thing was I saw that they still had Patrico up in the DJ booth, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know what he's doing because I, I think maybe once I don't say something. saw him, but I don't know what they have him doing for the rest of that game. Yeah, I, I didn't. I know in the past he usually kind of chimed in and had some kind of talk to the crowd. But it seems like this time, I don't think I, I have top of my head. I don't remember hearing him. I just remember them showing him on the screen once, and that's about it. I so. wonder if that's because they were waiting for the Blues to score or, or what it was. But it seemed like overall, the energy of the game was good, but the energy in the arena was. Bleh. Yeah, it was, it was okay. So I, I can agree with that. So we'll get into the actual game now. So Blues start off. Um, I say it's back and forth to start. Maybe I'm wrong there. No, um, we're pretty even to start. We matched. Uh, there was an interesting penalty call here. The start. Uh, so the Blues, uh, excuse me, Winnipeg goes on the power play, and Patrick Laine gets his first of the year from Shifley and Wheeler at the four-minute mark. Yep. So um, as much as we kind of talked about, uh, as you see later on, I'm talking about Jake Allen. Uh, this one was literally deflected right in front but off of uh, Preco's stick. Yep, and he had no chance at it. So no, you can't. Was right in front of me. He, like, I didn't know it was even deflected until I saw the replay. It was that fast. I thought it just beat him, and I'm right behind him. That's how fast it was. So it really hit his stick and completely changed a good couple feet the opposite direction and into the net. So one nothing Winnipeg. Uh, the second period, the Blues I think uh, laid back to start. Uh, even, or at least mo- the rest of the first. After that power play goal, it seems like the Blues are really laid off. I think me and you kind of talked about they like didn't seem like they were not scrambling, but they were very passive. Basically, get the puck down the wing, stop, throw it to the point, point tries a point shot, and you try to get the rebound. That seemed to be the offensive strategy for the game. Um, yeah, and we'll get into it more as we break down this game and even a little bit of the Chicago game. But one of my biggest problems with this team offensively was that there was little to no creativity on offense. It seemed like every single rush down the ice was the exact same thing. 
Um, it's worth noting that just before the Blues went on that penalty kill and Winnipeg scored, the Blues did put one off the post. I mean, square off the post behind Hallebach. They beat him clean and just rang it square off the right post. And uh, Boymeister also had one in the first period as well that he uh, hit the post and bounced out there. So I think the one was uh, Petrangelo had the one, kind of like the one-timer that went off the post clean. I think so. Okay. So starting in the second period, the Blues are pressing in. We talk about the post got hit, and they had a pretty good-looking power play here. And then I was, I have a note saying errant pass by uh, Steen back to the point. And uh, Adam Lowry gets a breakaway and um, goes five hole on Jake Allen for a shorthand goal at the beginning of the third period, the 551 mark, uh, unassisted. Uh, this starts uh, what you call an avalanche or a collapse of the Blues right now because it's just. You could say that. Um, so overall, it's in five minutes, but these three happened in a, within a span of minute 44, and the energy in the building died. Like, completely died. Um, Next, Blake Wheeler, after this is the end of the penalty happens. Um, Connor, who had the penalty, jumps out of the penalty box and pretty much springs off on a two-on-O with Blake Wheeler. And Blake Wheeler gets his first of the year from Connor and Shifley at 6.55, so about a minute later here. And then next shift, Kyle O'Connor uh, gets a goal from Truba and Line at the 7.35 mark. And just like that, optimism goes out the building. Like people were saying, it took the Blues two and a half periods to kill a summer of optimism is what I saw. Yeah, opposed. I mean, really, it did. Because despite the fact that the Blues were losing one nothing on a goal that, you know, look, it's, it's it sucks, but you can't you can't fault Allen for it. They were hanging in with Winnipeg. And let's let's just be real. You're talking about a Winnipeg Jets team that was a monster all of last year. And, and has Stanley Cup effort. Yeah. I mean, that that's a team that many people are saying it's basically them and Nashville out of the West, or at least out of the Central. Yeah, and uh, they look great. And I'll say, Winnipeg look very fast. Defense they look, look mobile. They look great. Everything that you want the Blues to be, like, that's what I saw Winnipeg, like, kind of being mobile defense um, and everything. So, quickly for nothing. Um, and this is when uh, the fans – turned on Jake Allen. Yes, they did. Um, lots of booing. Um, a quick timeout by uh, Mike Yo to kind of rally the troops. It, it did not. You th- I, I thought he was going to go to Johnson right here. I truly did. I thought he'd be like, all right, let's just get Jake out of there and reset for the Chicago game. I didn't think they would. I didn't think that they were going to pull him in game one, and I didn't think they were going to pull him in the home opener. Um, I figured they were going to ride Allen out. Um, what what bummed me out was they called this timeout to, as you said, rally the troops. And what happens on, right after the timeout? Winnipeg scores. Yep. Uh, it was not great the rest of the way. I mean, the Blues did wind up getting a goal here, but um, the Bronx cheer started right here. There was a, It was a buck really rolled in on net, and Allen saved it. And it, it wasn't like a couple of smattering of fans. I mean, a good chunk left. At least down by down by me, I had a, almost my whole row clear out by the fourth after goal. That fourth goal after the fourth goal, I noticed people getting up to leave after they stopped play to review and awarded Winnipeg the fifth goal. Mm-hmm. It was mass exodus. 
which is Brandon Tanev, so from Jack Rosselvick and Veselainen, 11.05 mark. So this one kind of happened, and I guess I would say this is probably the one I thought was the weakest of all of them, where he made the save, but it kind of had a weird bounce off him, off Jake Allen, and kind of rolled behind him. Robert Thomas nearly got this puck. Like, yeah. he missed it by an inch. I mean, he was back-checking hard as he could, and we everybody thought he saved it because it went on for another good 20 seconds. Yeah, I mean, the Blues actually went down the other end and almost had a scoring opportunity, and then the uh, horn went, and they called back above. And, uh, I mean, it didn't go in by much, but it was a good probably three inches. It just got past the line. So he was just just missed it. So 5 nothing. Basically, we're just going to ride it out and then uh, have another power play, and nothing really happens. But at the end of the power play, Vince Dunn gets his first of the year, so the shutout is broken at least from O'Reilly and Bozak. 14-10 mark. Um, kind of Hellbuck makes 41 saves. Song in the most anticlimactic way possible. Yeah, unfortunately. I kind of made, I think I killed it for a lot of people, honestly, because I yeah. uh, I did wind up downloading it. Uh, it is on iTunes now from The Urge, their, the new, Blue's new goal song. It's good. I like, I, it. I like it. So The one critique I have heard about it, and it's somewhat justified, it does have a little Chelsea Dagger vibe to it. It does, yeah. I I I I always want to play them side by side just listen, but but I like it. I do like it, and I think that it's, uh, it's a, it makes it like unique to me. That makes it like a same. I think thing. it's a very catchy song. Um, Cam OX said something after the home opener that I agree with. That I, I think as the Blues fans hear this more, and as we are, you know, hopefully start to win more games on a regular basis. Like it. Part in that song where they chant, let's, let's go, go blues. And I think you'll hear the crowd start to yell that along with the song. Yeah. I think as we go, it'll be good. So unfortunately, like you said, anti very anticlimactic and kind of killed the like hearing it for the first time. Um, because I think they did play it during the like little they opener the deal. Game during the yeah. introductions. So I thought it was good. So uh that's the final five to one. Let's not take away that Connor Hellebuck was really good. Connor Hellebuck is great. My 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 complaint was, and you and I talked about this, and it goes back to the vanilla offense. Was there were so many shots that the Blues took that there was nobody obstructing Hellebuck's view, and he was able to make extraordinarily routine saves. You know, all he had to do was square up and wait for the guy to shoot. Yeah, um, that's something that's got to change, man. Because aside from Tarasenko and maybe one or two other people on this team, I don't see a lot of guys on this team who are going to beat goalies clean multiple times a night. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, there's a couple of times during that power play when it was at a power play. There's a couple of times where Hellebuck, and this is kind of what happened on the Lowry goal. The post happened. It came back around. He's scrambling and literally dove back into the net. And I want to say it was Bozak who had the opportunity, and he and somehow, some way, Hellebuck made this save and got the puck out. And that's when the puck cycled back to Steen, and Steen tried to throw it back to the point just uh, real quick, but he threw it way too far beyond Petrangelo, diving Petrangelo, and Adam Laurie was off to the races and scored the goal. And literally goes from the Blues having a great opportunity to tie the game to being down to nothing, which started the basically collapse of everything. So. Yeah. Blues fans hey, said, hey, let's brush this off. A lot of anti-Jake Allen stuff out there. I chalked it up to that I would say there's probably 
I would say the breakaway goal and the last goal I wasn't a fan of. The rest were deflections uh, that you really couldn't had a hard time stopping. There was so, a couple of those that you can't put on Jake. Some of them you can, but a couple you can't. Yeah, I would say the two on own, the two deflections. I say there's nothing you could do about that. Your defense was uh, porous there. The defense was bad this game. Yeah. Uh, Bo yeah, that, all that preseason Jay Bomeister stuff we were talking about that went out the window really quick. Yeah, man, you and I both have really been Bomeister supporters, but it was hard this game. He looked out of place and and, and a step slow a lot. Jordan Schmaltz looked like a deer in headlights. Petro was okay. Pareko was. Okay, Butler was okay. Yeah, the only thing I had by Butler critique was um, I said I thought he did an okay, okay to bad game. There is a sequence where the Blues had a ton of pressure with the, uh, I guess you can, the newfound kid line. Um, the puck kept getting cycled back to him, and he just took shots, and it kept missing the net, kept missing well, the net, the and you're just oh for for fifty years is shoot wide and shoot high. Yeah, it seems that was quite happening quite a bit. So, all right. Push that game to the side. Focus on the Chicago. And uh, as our friend Rafi says, what did he say? I was like, you go fuck yourselves, Chicago. There we go. So, um, and the Blackhawks come to town after winning against Ottawa in their home opener. So, Ottawa, who is terrible? They beat them in overtime. Uh, Patrick Kane scores in overtime. So, the Blues go into this game. Blues fans are ready to forgive and forget. Let's beat Chicago, move forward. Uh, you got- and I agree. I think if the Blues win this game, everything is forgiven for the opening night. Yeah, because like I said, Ottawa – I mean, excuse me, Winnipeg is – at the end of the day, that's the that, the bar is set now. I think that's the other thing too. You see how Winnipeg plays and, the, and how hard you have to play every game. That's the bar now. You have to play to that bar or higher to compete in this division. I agree. And I think I think that's something that hopefully the Blues saw, and hopefully the coaching staff saw that. Hey, we have to prepare this way, and this team has to be ready for this for now on. And hopefully they match that going forward. Like we said, this people at eighty-one games left. It's game one. Everything's that every game is important, but at the same time, now you know. So hopefully you can steal some games later in the season. Now, so yeah. Chicago comes into town. Uh, Blues start off pretty well. So Colton Preco uh, starts shooting the puck again, which is great. Thank so that's one of the critiques that a lot of fans said. Just say they want Colton, they want uh, Colton Pareko to start shooting more from the point because I mean, when you have that type of shot, um, you should be taking it as much as often. And I thought he played his best game in a while this game overall. I thought he was very he was, was assertive, uh, moved the puck. He was. Not like crazy physical, but you could tell he was pushing guys around more. He did a little bit of that in, against um, Winnipeg as well, at least down at my end, I noticed. Yeah. Um, so the Blues start off pretty well. A power play goal. Uh, Colton Preco gets his first of the year from Patrick Maroon and Ryan O'Reilly at the 14:42 mark. And the Blues have their first lead of the season. Yes. So uh, O'Reilly's been in on both goals so far. Uh, Patrick Maroon gets his first point as Blue, which is awesome. Uh, then next, Vladimir Tarasenko uh, gets his first year from Ryan O'Reilly at the 17-22 mark. So the Blues get two goals in three minutes. Uh, and you're thinking, all right, here we go. This is awesome. 
Uh, I thought it was interesting on this play where Maroon actually had a partial break, came in and was uh, stoned by Cam Ward. And then um, Ward was kind of sliding to his left and kind of slid out of the crease. And Tarasenko was just right there. Yep. And Cam Ward comes back in the net and like shoves Tarasenko from, I guess, because he thought he was in the crease. I don't know, whatever. And Tarasenko turns around and says something to him and the play continues. And then less than 30 seconds later, uh, Tarasenko gets the puck. Um, initial save by Cam Ward, but he banks the puck off of Ward in, off his back and into the back of the net. So, two nothing Blues against Chicago. The crowd is into it. Everybody's excited. Um, let's get this thing going, and it's quickly taken away. As Jonathan Taves gets his second of the year from Gustafson and Debrinket at the eighteen thirty mark. Um, this is also one that I. At first saw, I was like, wow, Jake Allen, out of position. But after you watch it, um, Bozak actually gets beaten in the slot area and swings his stick around. And as he does that, he actually deflects the shot from Gustafson, and it hits the boards behind the net, and it springs right out to Taves, who was not covered by Petrangelo, and Allen was just a smidgen late getting over, and 2-1, to one, Blues after one. Still. I thought that was a really good period. So, what do you think? Uh, I agree with your assessment. I, I think that um, my only critique, again, would be I feel like the Blues defense continues to have problems with the basics of covering people in front of the net. And yes. it seems like it's always the same people who are having those problems. I yeah. feel like it's always Bo Meester and it's always Petro. And if those are your two highest paid defenders, they should probably be able to at least cover the person in front of the net, if not get them the F out of the way. Yeah, agreed. So second period comes around and uh, kind of the 180 compared to uh, the first so minute 33 in, Patrick Kane gets his second from George, uh, it's not George Smaltz, Nick Smaltz. Uh, so 2-2. This is an extended period where the Blues could not get the puck out of their own end. I'm and, shocked. Yeah, I, we talked about that, where basically something that has been a recurring problem, maybe for a long time, I guess you could say, but at least the last couple of years, this was a good 45 to 50 seconds of just puck control by Chicago and Kane Cycles the puck up high. A little pick play, which I know that's kind of like their play. They set picks for Kane, and then he takes off after the pick. Um, and takes a shot from the high slot, beats Jake Allen, who is screened in front, I'll say that much, by um, a Chicago player. And he's beaten blocker side. So 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Period goes on. Chicago is pressing. Uh, Marcus Kruger gets his first of the year. He only had one off last year in Carolina. Uh, from Kane and Schmaltz. This is basically a two-on-one after a broken play. The Blues are going up ice. Uh, Steen and I think Steen loses the puck, and it gets by David Perron as well, and it goes the other way. And Kane takes the initial shot, and it's saved, and it bounces right to Kruger, who is not covered by the defenseman, and has an easy goal. So three to two Chicago, and that's how the period ends. Uh, I think you can agree with me that this was not great period that the blues seemed passive and not really much happened at the other end either. Yeah, I agree. This second period reminded me of the game against Winnipeg in a lot of ways. 
the one thing that I'm sure we're going to talk about because it's going to come back to bite us in the butt again this game is broken play turnovers that lead to odd man rushes and goals the other way. Um, it's a problem, and it's been a problem in both games so far. Yeah, so hopefully they can uh, get this corrected. And it seems like the defense is struggling to start the season. I know they have a new coach in Mike Van Ryan. Um, I couldn't tell if it's a new style or whatever, but it seems like they're uh, finding their way so far, and it hasn't been great. So uh, third period comes around, and here we go. So Blues have a power play, and at 358 mark, Vladimir Tarasenko with his second to tie the game for Maroon and O'Reilly. So O'Reilly's been in on all four goals in the season so far. All you could ask for. Yep, so he's been great. This one is initially was kind of similar to the fifth goal of uh, Winnipeg's where it had to be reviewed and the play continued. Cam Ward made, I'll say this, it was an amazing save. Basically, he was beaten through his stick back and made a stick save, but his stick was in the goal. Not by much. I mean... I guess we're, we're grateful that his stick was that far back because um, it was pretty pretty great save. I'll say that much. As much as uh, Cam Ward has definitely shown his age, uh, this is a pretty good save. But yeah, j- yeah, I mean save not save, I guess you could say, but very good effort. Let's put it that way. Uh, so Tarasenko gets his second of the game, second of the season, power play goal. Power play at this point is two for uh, four this game, so looking not bad. Uh, but less than uh, 30 seconds later, of all people who I was giving crap to on a Twitter, Chris Butler gets his first of the year from Barbashev and Schwartz, the 420 mark, uh, shot from the point, just goes up her upper 90 on a Cam Ward, good screen in front. Um, it's his first goal since 2015. Nice. Good for him. Yeah, so good thing for him. He gets called up, and, you know, he's probably going to, as we'll talk about, he does get sent down after this game, but, you know, you know, he has limited time up here, so he made the best of it he could. So maybe he'll be the first call-up now. Maybe he wasn't going to be the first call-up for a while there and go with a younger kid like Wallman or Nicola or whoever, but he may, he may played his way into the conversation now instead of just a depth AHL guy. So uh, good for Chris Butler. So the Blues playing well. Uh, the crowd is super into it. You know, hopefully they can hold on. And no. Uh, uh, kind of broken play at the other end, and Jonathan Taves gets his second of the game, his third of the season, at the 6.59 mark uh, uh, from Yoki Hiru and Debrinkit. So, um, Debrinkit is turning out to be a stud. After having a fantastic rookie year, he is showing no signs of slowing down. Yeah, he looked uh, he looked good. I mean, like I said, he got held back. He was a second-round pick because of his size. Uh but it looks like that is something that uh, he was could have been a first rounder, but uh, looks like it could be a steal for the Blackhawks in the second round. Uh, so Blues hold on, get the point for overtime. Overtime happens. Um, the initial kind of uh, overtime is just kind of, everybody kind of circling, no real pressure by either team. Uh, the Blues finally get it to the other end, and it, Vince Dunn gets the puck and tries to force a shot in. Hits the skate of the defenseman, uh, Yoki Haru, and Saad uh, sends Jonathan Taves on a breakaway, and Jonathan Taves completes his hat trick. It's uh, fourth of the season, third of the game, at the 220 mark, and the Blues lose this one over time, 5-4. to four. Yep. So, not a great start to the season. Uh, I 
was hoping the Blues would get. I would say I was hoping the Blues get two to three points out of these games and may get one. So, um, I was hoping for two to three as well. I figured, and you and I talked about it going into the game on Thursday that you know I was hoping that the momentum and excitement of the home opener would would push the Blues to a higher level. But at the end of the day, Winnipeg is a better team, and I knew that there was a good chance that the Blues could get their butts handed to them, and they did. Um, but I figured Saturday you're playing a Chicago team that is on the downswing. You know, they, much like the Blues, didn't make the playoffs last year. They finished bottom of the division. Yeah. Um, and sure, they beat an Ottawa team, but I don't think that Ottawa team is going to beat a lot of people this year. Yeah. Um, and I knew, I thought for sure, if the Blues can't get up to play Winnipeg, they're certainly – going to get up to play their biggest rival on a Saturday night. And they did. They got up. They looked a ton better. Um, but the big questions that lingered in the offseason have taken two games. It's already come up. Yep. Uh, this season. And, you know, we'll get into it. And I don't know what the solution is going to be. Yeah, uh, the big talking point, uh, obviously, for this game is you're in one of two camps. I want, once again, as Chris knows me, I'm always right in the middle. Um, you either pro Jake Allen, get uh, one against Jake Allen. That seems to be what Blues fans are. Uh, I've avoided the uh, online webs, online Facebook groups because it's a fantastic reading, but yet dumb. So. At the end of the day, Jake Allen, his average is five goals against so far. That's, no, that's, that's no escape. There's no escaping that, no matter if it's his fault or not. Um, the defense five. is – yeah, five. One, two, three, four. Five. So, you can say the defense is part of it. You can say even the forwards maybe not doing their job or whatever. But at the end of the day, Jake Allen's on the ice the whole game. It's his job is what he had, got handed this contract and then what he – his job is to stop the puck. Um, we traded for Ryan O'Reilly. And guess what? The guy's helping get goals. He's been on four, four of the um, five goals he's been in on. Okay. Pat Maroon started the this uh, second goal where he crushed Brett Seabrook against the Raw. And that sprung the puck as a turned it over to O'Reilly, who got to Tarasenko, who got the goal. Yeah. So Maroon's doing his job. O'Reilly's doing well. I would say the third line has been struggling so far. I think they're finding their way. The Bozak, Steen, Perron line. However, Bozak is winning faceoffs. Correct. And that's what you wanted him to do. And O'Reilly, I don't know if you, I got this stat in front of me. He went 20 and three last night. Yeah. Well, 80, 80, over 80%. Go back to that Winnipeg game. After the first period, the Blues were 71% in the faceoff circle. And finish the game above fifty percent against Winnipeg. So, yes. O'Reilly and Bozak are doing exactly what you brought them in for to, to help with Shen. The Blues are winning faceoffs. Yeah, uh, the the left side of the defense. I mean, no Butler kind of like had okay to pretty good games the last two games, but besides that, um, Vince Dunn I noticed got double shifted a couple times, and uh, Bo Meester has not like we talked about has not been great. So it's been a uh, pretty bad overall. So it's been, I don't know. I know the defense is part of it, but at the end of the day, 
I guess for, my thing is Jake game. Allen isn't making the saves that inspire team to go forward and out like and go back down and get that goal. They're obviously trying to get the goal and score. Oh, but when you see your goaltender making these amazing saves back there after like you kind of coughed at the puck or did something or whatever, or just there was a really good scoring chance and he bested the other team, that he's made the routine save so far. And that's that's okay, that's great. But at the same time, he hasn't had a, a couple game stealing saves like Hellebuck did. And look what happened. They wound up cruising. Cam yeah. Mort didn't really have that many. I mean, that one save where it wound up being Terracing a second goal. But outside of that, he made just routine saves. But look how many goals. They had four goals against him. Yeah. You know, so. I, the thing is, we, I defended Jake Allen last season by saying, I will admit that the guy lets in a soft goal on a somewhat regular basis. But it's hard to lay that. At, it's hard to lay last season at the feet of Jake Allen when Jake Allen lost a lot of games that were one nothing or 2-1. to one. You're essentially asking your goalie to pitch a shutout every night. Now, game one was the same old, same old. It didn't matter how great Jake Allen would have been against Winnipeg. We only scored one goal. And yeah, we didn't score that goal until after it was 5 nothing. But this game against Chicago, you have to make a save to win the game. Mm-hmm. Or at least keep the game going. And when the Blues turned that puck over in overtime, and as soon as, I'm going to say as soon as Taze hit the red line and he was in front of everybody, I knew it was over. I knew it was over. And that's something that's got to change. It's not like, this was Pat Patrick Kane. It's not like this was John Chaveras or Alex Ovechkin or someone like that. Jonathan Taze is a fantastic player. He scores his fair share of goals. But Jonathan Taze is a playmaker. He's not the goal scorer. And he struggled greatly last year. Yeah. You, you he didn't he didn't even really put a move on Allen. He just beat him clean top shelf. Allen has to make that save. Has to. And I, I've i defended Allen for a long time. But five goals against? Dude, that doesn't get you a job in the AHL. ECHL even. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the 0-2 doesn't bother me so much. Well, the 0-1-1 and doesn't bother me as much right now as the 5.0 GAA does. That is scary. Yeah. Um, now, the problem is, and there was people talking about it on one of the online groups today, and I, and I, I commented on it, you know, why didn't we make a move in the offseason? And you and I have discussed this. No one there. Who's out there? Yeah. Like, there, there was nobody from a goaltending standpoint, available last offseason that is definitively an upgrade over Jake Allen. I was, I was my devil's advocate with you. Just I agree, but we're doing devil's advocate here. So what happens if you, they say, well, why don't you just give Carter Hutton what he wanted? I don't think Carter Hutton's a proven commodity. 
Yeah, because we saw the first game, he they got shut out for nothing. They I yeah. think he, they won the next. They won last night. But side note, Winnipeg got smoked by Dallas. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, any team can beat any team at any given night. The parity of NHL is as great as there's no extremely dominant team like in the 90s when you played Detroit you had a good idea that you're probably going to get beaten like when the Blues played Detroit like hopefully we can steal one from Detroit Colorado you know you had those powerhouses that were going to be tough and yeah the Nashville Winnipegs are there but I don't feel that way like I did against the Detroit teams against those two they're going to be tough tough games but I think we have a chance to beat them with the team we have so like you said I don't there wasn't an upgrade in the offseason in my opinion, Carter Hutton, if you roll a Carter Hutton and let's say Chad Johnson, I don't know. I'm not confident with that duo. Yeah. Now, like, I'm, I'm about the same. I, I just think Carter Hutton's on the same length of Jake Allen. I think Carter Hutton had some really good games, really good games, because he, he made the crazy saves that you. I want somebody to get your team going. But there's games where he didn't play great, too. You know, so it's very – I don't know. It's tough right now. And then right now, the end, if there's something happens midseason, I don't know if there's really a uh, solution. For the well, Blues. I mean, look, the other problem is this is a team that is less than a half million dollars away from the cap. A little more now due to Dimitri Yaskin, uh, which we'll talk about, uh, getting claimed on waivers. Okay. Um, but you have to figure, if you make a change midseason, it's got to involve – likely sending Allen and somebody else of value out. Yeah, you're going to have to move, you know, a lot of people out. So let's see. I'm trying to find the Blues actually have the second highest payroll right now. Yeah. I'm trying to get it. So we have, unfortunately, we have long-term IR. So it's a little, we're basically projected cap space is, Zero dollars right now. We're ex- exactly zero dollars. So let's play. Let's play GM and let's let's shoot for the stars. Let's say the Blues call Montreal and get a deal in place to bring Carey Price to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Carey Price is ten million a year. Ten point five. Okay. What's Allen? Four, Four point. I'm, I'm getting down there. Is three more years at four point three five. So Jake Allen for Carey Price straight up doesn't even cover half of what Carey Price makes. So now you're looking at having to throw someone else in. Let's just say because he's been shipped out of St. Louis so many times before, you throw David Perron in that mix. There's another four. Yep, still got about two million dollars to make. You're still not at the money needed. To get to get carry price in in your system and be under the cap, so now you're looking at having to send a third person out, or so, have the, or send them something like let's just like a pick of to say, hey, we'll send you this pick if you cover X amount of dollars this year. Right. So, are you really comfortable? And how many years are left on that contract for carry price? I want to say he just signed it, so I want to say it's closer to seven or eight. I'm getting yeah, to it right a now. One, isn't it? I'm almost there. Eight more years and eight, 10, 10. Eight, 5. eight years. Are you really wanting to hitch your wagon to that? Because here's my concern is much like Ryan Miller. 
is Carey Price truly an elite goalie, or is he just a good to decent goalie who's been on really crappy teams? And the perception is, boy, if he was on a team with talent, the sky's the limit. Yeah, he and he's also he's also thirty one. Right, and and the year that Montreal went deep into the playoffs wasn't on Carey Price's back. That was on Yaro Halak. Mm-hmm. So, I right now, if you told me to look into my crystal ball and say, Chris, does Jake Allen finish the year as the Blue starting goalie? I'm going to say no. But I don't know what that change is and how we make that change work under this salary cap. And that is what's concerning to me. We both said many times during the offseason on the show that if there was any realistic upgrade to be made in goal, I think Doug Armstrong would have pulled the trigger in the offseason. I really do. I think you saw the way his body language was the end of last year, especially when they got him on camera after the Blues lost that game against Chicago. Um, I think that his faith in Allen being the guy is shattered. I don't think he he believes in Allen the way he used to. Um, I think he's hopeful that Allen turns it around, but I think that if you pinned him down away from microphones and got him to honestly answer the question, Doug Armstrong is Jake Allen the guy for the Blues? I don't think he's going to tell you yes right now. The problem is I don't know what that next step is. And let's just, I'll throw this out there just because uh, this doesn't make things any better. Uh, the Rampage uh, shut out their opponent behind Billy Huso last night for nothing. So that's not going to make things much easier right now because everybody's going to be calling, like, call Billy Huso up, let him do that. It's two games in. Uh, I take everything that I kind of – I know Ken Chuck does everything in quarters he used to do, like how we do this quarter, this quarter, this quarter. Yeah. I do everything in 10 games because I think 10 games is a pretty good snapshot of how your team's doing. You're looking at 10 games and you see Jake Allen struggling this bad. You make the you make the change to have Chad Johnson be the primary guy and see how he rolls. I agree. Uh, remember, I think it was was it uh, was it Elliot and Halak when they couldn't stop a beach ball the uh, the year after the lockout. Yep. Uh, or the lockout shortened season at least. Um, they called Jake Allen up and Jake Allen to come in and be kind of like what Billy Huso would be coming in. It actually had to save the day for quite yeah. a few games for them to reset, and then that's when Elliot came back and had a pretty good. Um, Thing, and that was the end of Yarrow Hawks' career in St. Louis. So, and then Ryan Miller, obviously, after that. So, it's an interesting conundrum the Blues have, and I think it's very early, so you really can't make a decision right now. I, I do think that it's going to be a quick hook on Allen this season. Do you? I don't think you see them go twenty games and wait and see. Not not as deep as this division is, not as deep as this conference is, and not coming off of a year where the Blues missed the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I just made a quick list of players that could possibly be available this year just because. Uh, I know Craig Anderson from Ottawa won it out, and Ottawa's not great, and they probably would look at 
who knows if they would take on Jake Allen's contract just to get rid of uh, Anderson, who's making 6.5 the next two years, this year and next. Um, another guy is uh, Sergey Bobrovsky. Looks like he might not sign in Columbus, so depending on how they're doing, he might get traded out. He's making almost uh, $7 million, though, and you'd have to give up something pretty substantial. And I don't know if they would take that kind of contract back on top of that. Right. Um, after that, uh, guys that are extreme long shots, I think Lundqvist said he wants to stick around for the rebuild. Um, after that, you're really looking at not many guys. There's nothing really out there. Like That's, like, that's been De- my point the whole time. Detroit, I'm like, Jim, Jimmy Howard is not going to be no. a guy I want. You know? um, any teams that's not really great right now, I'm looking at uh, I signed with a Florida, but they because they have Reimer and Longo. Longo wouldn't want to leave because that's where he kind of yep. wants to stay till he's 39. He just got hurt on top of that. Um, yeah, you're pretty much looking at it like there's really not much out there. That's the problem. Like you're going to have to have an internal uh, thing. So it might wind up being a Billy Huso type thing. And then at the end of the season is when Allen will be the Allen situation will work itself out one way or another. Either he's going to take the reins this year. Or they're going to find some way for somebody to take him. I agree. Um, there will be agree. some. There will be some team that will take him. I mean, as much as people say that, uh, at oh, four point, sure. uh, teams are going to get close to the cap. Somebody like Ottawa might take him. Um, teams that are looking look at a reclamation project because look at a uh, uh, Robin Lanier got a contract after having a really bad season in Buffalo, a one year contract with uh, the Islanders. So who knows the Islanders? If they don't work out, they might not, they might take him. I don't know. Like I said, we're spitballing at this point and guessing. So at the end of the day, Jake Allen, not a great start. And you didn't really calm the fears of St. Louis Blues fans yet. I hope he does better. Like I said, at the end of the day, I'd rather have the guy do great and not down the guy and lift the guy up. That's all I care about. I really want the team to win. I want the team to do really well. I have and, seen, and it's going to be on him. So yeah, unfortunately, dude, like I've seen Jake Allen do remarkable things in goal. When he – I remember watching him as a junior player on Team Canada and going, this is the dude. This is the dude who's going to bring a cup to St. Louis. Yeah. And I, I still think he can be that guy. But, man, he has got to figure it out. He has got to figure out what it is that makes him go through these lapses where he can't stop a beach ball. Because – We've all seen the Jake Allen that can shut the door on any team. Let's not forget that playoff series against Minnesota a couple years ago where he was facing 50, 60 shots a night and pushing them all away. Jake Allen won that playoff series. Yeah, yeah. so I think it's it's very possible to do. Let's move. uh, um, Finish this up. So if you want to get hold of us on Twitter, it's at BluesHockeyNHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. And we also have Facebook is Blues Hockey Podcast, Instagram, Blues Hockey Podcast, and our website, blueshockeypodcast.com. Yeah, and .net. So both of us. So either way, you'll get to the site. So .net would be the direct, and then you redirect to you.com. So also to uh, listen to us, we have iTunes, uh, Google Play. Us. Go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Yes, do any of these places give us a review. It is iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And also, I've been putting shows on YouTube as well. So go ahead and subscribe, leave comments, uh, and whatever you need to do. And that will help us uh, 
out tremendously. So I've already helped people reach out to us about our uh, shirt. Uh, that is at glassbangers.com. Check that out. Uh, it's be a great shirt, uh, not only for blue, going to Blues games, but also for WWE night on November 3rd. Saturday uh, night, November 3rd. The Blues have a shirt that's cool. Ours is way better. And yeah. legitimately, either one of our two shirts are way better. Yeah, so I, I 100% agree with that. And if you want to also, uh, if you take a picture with our shirts uh, and put it on any of these socials and tag us, um, I have some stuff that I'm going to send to people if you do that. So go ahead and Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to, tag it, and then I'll uh, send you something in the mail. It'll be something nice. It won't be like it won't be like a, a eight by ten of us. No, you don't It'll need be that. You want. Yes, it'll be something you want. So, uh, Blues have a little bit of time off before the next game. So, uh, schedule is weird at the beginning of the year. So, the Blues are off all the way till Thursday. Uh, we're recording on the 7th of uh, October. So, the Blues don't play until uh, when? Excuse me, Thursday uh, against Calgary at home. Which could could be a good game. Yep, and then make a quick trip up to Chicago for a rematch. We play Chicago three times this month, which is insane. It's the same thing as last year. Yeah, we played a bunch at the beginning and then once at the end of the year. So yeah. um, basically Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday of next week. So uh, two home games and a lot of home games in October uh, this month. And then uh, they start going on the road quite a bit in November and January. So – Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we'll be actually back to you next week to talk about the Thursday and Saturday games. Uh, well, maybe Sunday. Maybe Chris will come over. Maybe we can watch that and have a live little deal. So we'll yeah. talk about that. We'll talk about that and see how things work out. So I think that's about it. Am I missing anything else? I think we're good, man. So, uh, yeah, we'll come to you next week. Hopefully a little more positive. We'll talk about the Blues' first win. God, uh, Yeah, we need it. So uh, talk to you guys next week. See ya.